Hi there and thanks for joining us. Well, it's time to celebrate local businesses through Local Enterprise Week. It's coming in March and we've decided to speak to some of the organisers, speak to some of the people running events and businesses that have benefited from the scheme in the past. I'm Jonathan Healy and this is Red Business. Red Business, Cork's exclusive business podcast. Now, it's hard to believe it's been a year since we last did Local Enterprise Week, but that's what happens. It comes around once a year, although 2021 is going to be a little different. Paul McGurk is with the Cork City Council Local Enterprise Office. How are you, Paul? I'm great, Jonathan. How are you? I'm good. Uh, look, it has to be different this year, doesn't it? Of course, like every other organisation, um, Jonathan, we've had to move our services online over the last year. Um, and obviously, Local Enterprise Week is going to be online as well. Um, wide, wide variety of events um, and discussions and panel clinics and so on, uh, all online. But uh, obviously, like everybody else, it's um, it's uh, where we're at at the moment. So, what exactly have you done? How are you moving it online? Okay, so throughout the week, and uh, the week is March first to the fifth. We have um, webinars and workshops throughout the week. They're all maybe an hour, an hour and a half long, very accessible, I suppose. One of the the benefits of that is uh, we have some national events as well, so we're getting some speakers from uh, uh, across the country. Uh, I suppose all thirty-one local enterprise offices are working together, so there's a wide variety of events uh, throughout the week. So. People can log on to localenterprise.ie forward slash Cork City to see those events. It's been one hell of a year, Paul. We've spoken to lots of different businesses, many of them actually supported by the Leo, who have really pivoted and tried to do their best in very challenging circumstances. What's it been like from your side as the organisation trying to help them? Yes, obviously, look, it's been a very difficult year. And I suppose a lot of people, as you said, the word pivot has never been used as, as much as in the last year. And people have had to adapt. And I suppose they've shown great innovation and I suppose courage in doing that. Um, I suppose we are seeing uh, some uh, light at the end of the tunnel, for want of a better term. People have, I suppose, we're into our third lockdown. But um, there's been a real uh, movement towards online and people have, uh, I suppose, embraced that. Um, and a lot of, I suppose, People are looking to shop online and shop local as well, which helps. Um, and there's still a lot of people uh, looking to start their own business or grow their own business. Um, one of the things that became very popular, you were the hottest ticket in town for a long time, the online trading voucher. It's been knocking around for years, uh, but all of a sudden it became the must-have uh, must item of recession 2020. Oh, of course, of course. So obviously it's left forward, I suppose, the whole movement to, to the digital has moved forward, probably uh, left forward five or ten years in the last uh, last year. Um, so yeah, we, I suppose, we approved, I think, over 500 uh, trading online vouchers last year. Uh, so there's a couple of events during the week which focus on that, and particularly we have a, an event on the Tuesday morning with James Burke looking at, it's called Cork E-Tail. Um, that's for retailers who uh, may not have a presence or, uh, or have a presence online and looking to grow those sales. Uh, we also have a one on Monday afternoon in connection with Cork Smart Gateway, which looks at funding the digitization of businesses. Um, and that's um, looking at things like uh, vouchers that are available through Enterprise Ireland, through the Nimbus Centre and so on. So, as I said, challenging year, lots of pivoting, lots of businesses moving online. Did we lose businesses last year, Paul? Because in certain sectors, it was impossible to to, to trade and to keep going. I mean, did we lose businesses? And, and what do we need to do to support those entrepreneurs who were dealt a particularly cruel blow? 
Um, some sectors suffered, uh, for example, if, if food production, people that maybe were producing food and, and obviously servicing um, hotels and restaurants, they would have obviously suffered and had to um, let some staff go. But hopefully that's a temporary uh, and they'll be able to come back. Other sectors, maybe like the aviation sector for obvious reasons, were affected. Um, but in fairness, I think the government supports have been quite good um, and they're keeping some businesses going. Um, and obviously, uh, from a, I suppose the public perspective, the more we can support uh, and shop local, uh, the more we can keep those businesses in business. Yeah, and, and that's a core message that's really shone through and people have been doing it, which is great. One of the biggest focuses for Local Enterprise Week this year is Mind in Your Head. Um, and there's going to be tips and tools for minding your mental health and well-being. That kind of applies to everybody, doesn't it? So who, who can who can tag along to those events? Of course, uh, anybody with, with two events in particular around that area because because of the year that's been that was in it, we felt it important to run a couple of events in that. And anybody can can um, sign up to those. So we have one um, on Tuesday in connection with Cork Healthy Cities. It's around tips and tools for mental health. It's only an hour and a half long, very practical oriented, like like a lot of the events during the week. And also we have an event on Thursday with. Uh, Dan and Mike from Das Silly Heads. Uh, people might be familiar with them. They uh, run a series of workshops. They have animated characters. They make it quite interactive. And they have a range of bobble hats. Uh, just trying to, I suppose, remove the stigma around mental health. Well, you can't. You can do nothing wrong with a bobble hat. That's what I know. Um, this is obviously the first week in March. So people have time to register now. Where do they need to go? Okay, if they, if they look up local enterprise, www.localenterprise.ie forward slash Cork City. Okay. And they, all the list of events are there. Localenterprise.ie forward slash City. All the details are there. We better go and talk to the silly heads now that you've mentioned them uh, to find out just what they do. But for now, Paul McGurk, fingers crossed next year we'll go walking around the city like we did last year. But in the meantime, we'll enjoy it online. Thanks so much for joining us. Paul McGurk from Local Enterprise Office Cork. No problem. Red Business. All that's best about business in Cork. So let's speak to one of the aforementioned De Silly Heads. Uh, Daniel O'Mahony, how are you? I'm not too bad, Jonathan. Not too bad. The sun is shining, so I can't complain. Yeah, well, it is now when we're recording this. I'm sure by the time someone's listening to it, it'll be raining again. Um, Daniel, you are part of a project that has a very silly name, but deliberately so. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, the, the name, yeah, it comes across, um, you know, it, it comes across with silly in the in the meaning, obviously, but uh, very much the the impact that we're trying to have is a very serious issue, and um, I suppose the the way we go about that um, is done very strategically and it's done very purposely. Um, so yeah, the name is is there's an element of kind of fun in that, which is which is partly about what we do, um, but the underlying issue is is quite serious and it's. Um, it's something that's very relevant at the moment, which is mental health. So what exactly are the challenges that you're coming across when you're speaking to people? Yeah, I, I think, uh, Jonathan, like there's, there's, I think we've heard them uh, kind of being, you know, uh, pushed out a lot recently, which is, you know, the big ones. I mean, you know, we're all kind of isolated at the moment, that, that loss of human connection. And I know, uh, like you know, we've we've obviously come along so far with technology with Zoom and and, and Microsoft Teams and the like, but um, there's nothing that can replace that human connection. So that isolation and kind of loneliness from and every time I kind of we speak about loneliness, a lot of people might think you know generally kind of older people, but you know we're we're seeing that present in you know college students right up to working professionals, um, and and obviously that leads to you know things like um, 
you know, anxiety and, and, and you know, in depression in some cases. So, you know, the, men, the mental health strains of people are, are apparent and, and I suppose their resilience has been tested like, like never before, really, you know, and that's really what's evident. Um, how do you connect with people? Uh, I know you do it through, you call it the silly heads, but making that initial connection can be quite hard because we're very reluctant as individuals to admit shortcomings or to admit something is getting to us. Yeah, I mean, I think um, there's a whole there's a whole way of doing it for us. I think the fact that the two of us are guys, um, you know, and we're openly uh, we openly discuss, you know, not only our story in in the past with regards mental health, but as we go along this journey, uh, and I suppose creating a space, especially on our social media platform and on our website as well, uh, for people not only to uh, engage and uh, and and know that it's a safe space to kind of, um, I suppose, express their emotions, but also to learn as they go along. You know, our website is very much a collaborative kind of effort with people uh, from different areas of expertise. Uh, so giving their insight through blogs and, and a few other bits. Um, uh, and we really, we, we, try to, we try to access as much touch points as possible. You know, social media is obviously a big one for us. Um, you know, the demographic that, that we, a big demographic for us is there on social media. So, um, and I think it's just being about being consistent and honest with that message is, is probably mm. the, the best way that we do it, you know? Well, the best way to do it is by telling a story and to relate to people saying, I know what you're going through because I've gone through it myself. And both yourself and Mike have stories that people can relate to. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, look, it's it hasn't been the easiest of journeys um getting to where we are now which is you know um a business a social enterprise um operating trading um but in order to get to that point uh there's just so many strands to our story um we're going from you know uh, a very personal story through through mental illness uh we have insolvency in the mix um the two of us returned to college um i, I suppose to get our degrees um, and it was it was during that time that the silly heads concept began to kind of take shape. Um, and look, unfortunately, life is is life. You know, Michael uh, Michael lost his wife uh, last year around this time last year to cancer, and, and Lisa was a, a very big a very big part of of what we do. Um, you know, she was there from the very start, and it would have been great to kind of. For her to be around to see this actually, you know, come full circle and and become a full time full time occupation for us, yeah. But you know that is it is uh, a hard story, but it is nonetheless our story. It's just, I suppose, the hand that we've been dealt, and we try to deal with those issues as best we can. You know, do do you see all see in other people the challenges that you faced when they start talking about them? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think both of us have the benefit too of life experience, um, especially if we're, you know, speaking to a group of third level students. Um, it, it's, it's, it's easy for me, for example, to go back to, you know, my, uh, my, my teenage years, 18, 19, early 20s even, and put myself in the position of someone who may be uh, suffering with a bit of anxiety or a bit of uncertainty, um, maybe wondering what's, what they're feeling and, and, and wanting to know more about it. So, we can jump back because of that life experience and, and show that empathy and, and 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 try to facilitate what, you know, I suppose, facilitate the direction that we want people to take through that life experience. So we do see it. Um, 
I think when you've been through something, you you start to understand what form it can take and what to look out for. And then coupled with um, obviously the work that we're doing on a full time basis, like we're we're very much about kind of keeping on top of uh, trying to educate ourselves uh, and our research and that. So all that coming together, it um yeah, it, it makes us kind of aware and and you know really zone in and kind of what to look for. Well, there's nothing like a global pandemic to focus the mind. Um, yeah. <laughs> so when when you are going to speak to people now, uh, instead of maybe connecting with a few people in the room, you're probably connecting with everybody because we have all suffered from mental health issues of one kind or another in the last 12 months. It's been a roller coaster. Some people affected slightly, some people much more affected by it. Has that made it easier or harder to do what you do? Um. It's a very good question, um, and it's one we haven't really thought about too much. I mean, but now that I am thinking about it, um, I think it's very obvious, and it, we're very conscious of the times that we live in. Uh, you mentioned the global pandemic. You know, when we started this project, uh, we always felt that mental health, you know, within our communities and and on this island, needed a, a slightly different approach within communities. Um, never did we ever foresee a pandemic coming, the, coming down the line, which obviously the fallout from past pandemics, if you look at research, uh, the mental health fallout is quite significant. So um, we are very conscious of that when we go to speak to people, knowing that pretty much everybody at this point in time um, within you know, a, a workshop uh, is bound to be feeling something or at least know somebody who's feeling something and, and going through a particularly unusual or bad time. Um, so it, it is... I'd be lying if I said it didn't add uh, any additional pressure because um, you're not trying to convince anybody anymore. <laughs> you know, people now are, are really starting to understand and feel the kind of toll um, that this lockdown is having on, on their mental well-being. So I think there's a lot of buy-in from that, that perspective. And I suppose that does make our job a bit easier, but, you know, um, a little bit of pressure as well, which is, which is good. Tell me about the hats. Um, are, are, why are the hats and the bobble hats significant? Yeah, the, the, they're significant, I suppose, again. And again, this all, you know, ties back to the story. Um, very much when I was uh, in my, my darkest days, I pretty much always say my, my 20s were kind of uh, right off. But um, when I was going through that phase, it was very much, I, I didn't have the confidence, I didn't have the, the self-belief, I didn't have the education actually to to know or where to go to talk to somebody. But I was definitely um, going through a lot. And uh, the simplest things walking through my uh, my, my community, um, you know, I was always longing to see a kind of message of solidarity um, and something that would resonate with me as as a teenager at the time or a younger person. And I always kept that with me. And um, I suppose in my early 30s, um, I still noticed not much, uh, not much kind of was, was sticking out at me from that point of view. So we started following a trend um, kind of Australia and the States. Uh, as a way of, I suppose, showing solidarity and support for social causes through through clothing, through apparel. And uh, luckily enough, at the time, we were finishing our degree in CIT, or MTU as it's called now, and uh, we were able to do a lot of research and, and get access to students and get access to their opinions uh, on exactly what type of product, it, you know, would they use? What, what should we begin with? What kind of features should it have? And that led to the basically the we went through two prototypes and now we have the one that's on our website which is our first product uh, which is selling so that's all from a combination of years of research and asking the questions um but it stemmed from a kind of uh, an idea that 
you know, solidarity within community maybe should be should be a bit more visual, mm. if, if that makes sense. Well, you can wear a hat with pride. And when you see someone else wearing the same hat, you realise that they've had a shared experience. And that there's comfort in that, most certainly. You guys are taking part in a local Enterprise Week event on the Thursday. That's the 4th of March. And as we said earlier, all the events, you can find out all the details on localenterprise.ie forward slash Cork City. Look, Dan, it's been lovely talking to you. Uh, what a wonderful idea. And we wish you and Michael the very, very best uh, with the silly heads. Um, and <laughs> now you never know, I might get an opportunity to have a chat with you guys uh, on screen, virtually, sometime soon and take part in one of the sessions. But for now, Daniel O'Mahony of the Silly Heads, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Jonathan. Thank Red you Business, much. Cork's exclusive business podcast. Now, one of the companies featured as part of Local Enterprise Week is Somus Candles. Margaret Urbanovich is the person behind Somus Candles and she's with me now. How are you, Margaret? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm guessing candles means candles that you light in the dark, yes? Uh, yeah, that's correct. correct. So what make what makes Somus Candles different? Um, I would say the love and care I put I put into them so um so much actually means um comfort in Irish and that is very much the kind of ethos behind you know everything everything I do here so every single candle is handcrafted in my little studio here in Cork and you know just from from the product to the overall experience I try to create you know it's always kind of focused around um just creating that really blissful and joyful um, moments for all our customers. I, I remember my only other encounter uh, with someone who made candles was in school and somebody did a transition year project in my old school, Colossi Chris 3 and the teachers swore again they would never ever enter candle manufacturing. There was candles hanging from every part of the building. It was very messy and, uh, <laughs> and, and the effort wasn't worth it. But clearly you've managed to get some joy out of it and presumably streamlined the process a bit. Yeah, no, absolutely. I actually, um, do you know what? I actually find it really um, relaxing uh, pouring them. So, um, so I guess, um, yeah, no, it's, it's a very kind of enjoyable process for me. So I guess it kind of made, made it that a little bit easier for me to turn it into a business. Uh, all of the candles that you make, they're inspired by the Irish landscape, uh, which is a pretty broad canvas to be picking um, scents from. So w- what, what have you managed to create? Um, yeah, so um, I would say um, in, in terms of like the scents I picked for, for the collection, you know, are kind of they're, they're based on um, my favourite places around Ireland and just kind of memories I, that would just bring me that joy and comfort, um, you know, again, which is at the core, at the core of the business. So, you know, we have a number of scents like woods you know which would be inspired by ironwoods and cork or driftwood and sea salt which again always kind of reminds me of um you know the, the stunning beach of ross bay or or even oakwood and musk which is actually inspired by just you know the comforting feel of a local pub you know so just kind of playing on those uh, comforting memories well, I take the I take the pub one right now if it gave me a little bit of joy about being back in a pub. I, de- I definitely burned that for a couple of hours. Um, <laughs> h- how long does it take you to make a candle from start to finish? 
Um, so they, they're all made in very small batches. So I would say it takes approximately an hour to make about 25 of them. So it is quite quite a slow process. Um, but, you know, again, like as I was saying, um, I do find it very relaxing and enjoyable. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's actually lovely for me. Well, you have to love what you do and all that. You actually were runner-up in the IBYE startup category for the Leo Cork in 2019. And you weren't that long in business at that point, were you? Yeah, it's actually so funny because you presented me with the prize. I do remember that now that I said it out <laughs> loud, yes. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, no, that, that was definitely incredible because I think I was only, you know, I wasn't even properly trading at the time. It was more like a Kickstarter phase, just kind of testing the market. So, you know, just getting that external validation was just, you know, incredible because, of course, everyone in your family and your friends will always tell you that, you know, this is the best product, best idea ever, you know. But just to, you know, speak to all these kind of business professionals and, you know, and have them say that, okay, this makes sense, this could possibly work, um, you know, was was absolutely incredible. And, um, you know, also the uh, the three-day workshop has really, um, you know, kind of shaped the brand, you know, from just like working with um, incredible mentors, I feel like I owe a, a lot to Leo you know they, they've really kind of helped me create so much to be the brand that it is today and the last question I have to ask you um, and I hate asking the question because it's not relevant really a pandemic presumably didn't impact on the sale of candles or did it I mean did it did it help you to sell more were people more reluctant to buy candles or or did you notice any difference in 2020 I am so like we're, we're kind of only trading properly for about six months when 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 lockdown happened so you know I would lie if I said that it didn't affect us um so of course you know or the kind of retail partnership I would have been working on at the time or you know like any hampers for events you know that all fell through so you know it was a little bit of a panic station for the first couple of weeks but I do have to say that online kind of almost came to the rescue so so, um, you know, our, our customer base has been absolutely incredible and so super supportive um, online. And here I'm not just talking about like the purchases, uh, but, you know, also just kind of connecting on social media and, you know, sharing their reviews and, um, you know, just supporting the business overall. So that has been absolutely incredible. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and again, you know, you think online is great. So, like, it has been really good to us, but because of the nature of the product it has been still quite challenging because you know scents are so personal to everyone you know like you probably wouldn't go uh, go and buy perfume um online you know because it is something that kind of wants to experience first so there are still some some challenges um within that but um yeah i know the support has been incredible so you know we're kind of lucky in that way yeah well every business owner has to be a little bit unhinged in some way uh, to go out on their own to set up their business it's just in the <laughs> it's in the blood uh, in many ways uh, there will be people out there who have always toyed with the idea of doing something like you've done, taking something you're passionate about, taking something you enjoy and turning it into a business. But they've always held back. What's your advice to them, Margaret? Um, oh my goodness. Um, I think I think if it is truly something you're passionate about and something that you are willing to dedicate 24-7-365 to, you know, you should, you should definitely go for it because, you know, you're just going to look back one day and you're just going to regret not doing it. 
Well, that's solid advice. The website, if you're looking for some very decent smelly candles, and I mean smelly in the nicest possible way, somasstudio.com, somasstudio.com. Margaret, I really want the pub one. I'm going to go online and buy that straight away. <laughs> Margaret Urbanovich, thank you so much for talking to us on Red Business. So much, Brendan. Thank you. My thanks, as always, to all of my guests. Don't forget, you can download every episode of Red Business from redextra.ie. Myra Hayes-Goff was the producer, and we'll catch you on the next one. Red Business. All that's best about business in Cork.